everybody, welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. And I'm Molly. And today is December 9th. Uh, 9th, so we are probably two, maybe even three weeks out from our last episode. I think we're point. I think we're three weeks out. Um, we've been sick. There's been a lot of colds going around, and I'm safe to say it's probably a cold because uh, it's there's been lots of snot. Yep. With all the children, it's we got it, and then COVID. the kids or the kids got it, and then we got it, and then nobody got it. And then we got it again, or something. So just yeah, well, the adults have been sick far more than the kids. This, yeah, it's true. This go around. It's true, and the funny part is we we don't go anywhere or see anybody. I mean, we started doing judo a little bit, but then we had to quit for like a month because we got sick, and it's like this just kind of stinks. I know. I had all the windows and back doors open in our house today, airing it out. Well, you guys were although experience, you know, experientially, um, you'd pointed out that when I did my ski patrol training. My re-upping, I did two days of uh, refresher training and then helping uh, test the new class. And then we did some stuff on the mountain. I had to wear a mask the whole time, all day. And you pointed out that the nights I came home, uh, after having worn the mask, I was coughing a lot. More Which made me think, you know, I'm, <clears throat> I haven't studied the mechanics of this particular virus. But it attacks the lungs, Right. So it's it's a respiratory disease. So it just doesn't make sense to always wear a mask and deprive yourself of this the exact same thing it's attacking. But call me crazy. I, I just, yeah. I, I mean, for me, the bigger thing is limiting the, the, the states that are limiting people being outside or requiring people to wear masks outside. Because yeah, I mean, you want fresh the fresh air. air. Is so yeah. important for for us. But, well, oxygen, you know, well, oxygen is necessary for, for our bodies too. When you don't have enough of it, carbon dioxide builds up, other things happen, and the world just never goes anywhere. But that's not exactly what we wanted to talk about tonight. No, um, it's been a hard. It's, it's been depressing. a long. <laughs> yeah, what were you gonna say? This, this is very depressing. It is. It is. Let's start out the show on a big downbeat. Um... No, it has been a really uh, difficult couple of weeks, months, and it's going to probably... Almost a year. It's probably going to get... um, I think for Molly and I, it's probably going to get a little bit worse than better. But um, we can't really, just out of... I mean, what I'm talking about, we can't really discuss publicly, per se, because, well, it's not appropriate. I'm not right? sure I know what you're talking about, but yeah. okay. Talking about church stuff. Oh. But, yeah. I don't know. What are you talking know. about? What are you, are you talking about? Work? Are you talking about getting sick? I don't know. <laughs> talking about Christmas? Christmas. I don't That's know. That's been a roller coaster. My sister's coming. Mm-hmm. She's not coming. She's coming. She's Maybe not she coming. She listens to this. I know. Your parents are going to Chicago. They're not going to Chicago. They're going to Chicago, and now they're not going to Chicago. Who knows? We could catch COVID and be isolated from your family the whole time. We could. You know, I think, speaking of COVID (coughs) again, uh, I saw you were asking about antibody tests, but there's a company, I think, that'll do antibody tests and billings. I meant to call them today. Yeah, um, the $10 that you sent me the link for, that's the copay with insurance. Right. What's the actual test cost? It doesn't say. I was going to call assumes It says... Right. It, it assumes it, you have insurance. It assumes you either have insurance or you have a government program covering you. It says yeah, like, or whatever government program, but it's you should call draw. them because it's I'm curious. It's a blood curious. draw costs. 
lab guy, blood. He looks at your blood, sees what's in there. Come on, it's got to be ten dollars, fifty bucks. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, sixty bucks. Um, I'm being sarcastic. It's probably like a thousand. Uh, who knows? Uh, who knows? Who knows? Maybe you could negotiate because insurance isn't covering it. Um, not only have we been sick, you did one last round of hunting. I did. And came back with a Christmas tree mm-hmm. um, from from our private property. Um, for those of you who are wondering about, we actually took more that weekend. We took land. that weekend. We took more trees and we did elk, well, <clears throat> which was kind of cool. I mean, we probably all the guys that came up each went home with a tree, and one of my buddies went home with two trees. Yeah. Um, cool. I. Which, that story where he took the top off of the tree that you'd originally selected. If you guys out there have little kids and you haven't read Mr. Willoughby's Christmas Tree, it's just cute. Like, it it rhymes perfectly, so it's good for teaching kids about poetry. And um, and it's just a cute story. I have most of it memorized because we've read it. But the hilarious part is, years. they keep cutting off the top of the tree and keeping the bottom part of the tree. And if anybody who's cut off the top of a tree knows that you don't want to keep the bottom part of the tree. It's a very funny-looking tree. I know. That's I mean, that's what's funny about it, though, because then it right. keeps getting... Right. And there are a couple of instances where, like, the husband is about to cut it, the bottom off properly to make it fit in the space, and the wife's like, nope, snip! And then she throws it out the window because she's got too much to do. She, she can't be bothered with... Letting your husband fart around. What's your greatest, uh, what's the greatest stressor when you think about Christmas coming up? Like what fills you with the most anxiety? I don't, just, just all the activity eventually wears me down. And I mean, like even just our kids are so excited about things and their activity and their excitement is like a suck on my feel like we had a battery drain sucking analogy with one of our children, but I can't remember what it was. It was very clever. You know, your batteries wind down and then like Elise is around you and it's just like she just draws all of your power away without she even does. doing anything. She does. Remember, and she's but. so loud. I mean, they're all loud, but she in particular can't modulate the volume of her voice very well. And so it's very tiring for me, but... um no, I actually, because there are not a lot of things going on this Christmas, I don't have, I mean, not that we do a ton anyway, because we're homeschools, we don't have Christmas programs and dance programs and all the things that families that are more involved in different things do. Like, judo doesn't do a Christmas program. Um, <laughs> it's your judo Christmas tournament. And we, we now do online piano lessons, and so, and online piano lessons doesn't have a piano recital and so all the things that would be part of our december normally are have kind of fallen by the wayside other than birthdays which we have two december birthdays and a january 5th birthday so we're just kind of like bam 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 the birthday thing we we just did not plan that well at all forget rsv and the fact that having a kid... You guys, when we had Titus, whose birthday was yesterday, his birthday is December 8th, we took him for his... It was... Um, he was born on a Wednesday. And so for his two-day checkup, we had to take him to not our nor- the doctor that we had chosen, whom we had never met before either, because in the hospital it was just whoever did their rounds. But we had to take him to 
a doctor that we found out later from someone we had worked with whose son had diabetes that his wife <coughs> would call to see if this particular doctor was on duty if the son had a medical need and would not come in <laughs> if in order to avoid this particular oh, doctor funny. but she lectured us about having the audacity or the lack of foresight to have a child in the height of RSV season and she went into depth about what it would require to give our tiny infant an IV through his the, his scalp. If do you remember this? Oh yeah, I remember. It was horrifying. And in the meanwhile, he's two yes. days old and he poops his pants. And we'd forgotten to bring the diaper bag in because it was the first time we'd ever gone anywhere. And now it's like we have spare diapers stuffed in our back pockets. Just. It, but then it was so foreign to us. We're just sleep deprived, bumbling into the doctor's office to start with, not having any idea what to expect. Everybody and, in the waiting room is coughing and hacking. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because it was like the Saturday morning thing, and you only go to the doctor. And she's Saturday. like, and she's pushing us off into the corner where she knows nobody's waiting. She's well, like, they Take had a newborn special newborn waiting area. Infant yeah. over there. Anyway, that was that was traumatizing, but. Um, but that now that wild. now that we've survived that, the having a baby in December or having birthdays in December than my own birthday, which doesn't require quite as much celebrating on my part as the children who expect more fanfare, that that's tiring and stressful to me. But we handled. I thought we handled it well this year. It worked out because you know Titus, um, Titus is. Oh, it worked out because Judo, uh, one of the booster club events, they've been holding Nerf Wars. And I don't know if you've ever seen a paintball course where you've got a lot of inflatables and you've got two teams on one side and they just get behind inflatables and start stopping away. Yeah. Kind of did the same thing with Nerf. So it just so happened that it fell on the Saturday before his birthday. And so I booked him and five of his friends and supported our scholarship program at the dojo. And uh, they had they played three hours of Nerf and ate pizza. It was wonderful. It was great. And they just came back here for cupcakes and went home. I went Christmas shopping. I've been Christmas shopping off and on all week long. I don't know that I've ever spent so much money on Christmas presents. I don't know. It's kind of weird what's gotten into you. You usually... There was one rare year you gave me a pair of socks. Was that all I gave you? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. No, this year you're getting a lot of fun things. It's sort of some of them have mo- been. Your mo is usually with presents is usually like, oh, I think that was that big of a deal, so I didn't get you anything. So then I go buy myself something. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm really excited. This year I kind of did myself. This year on you, I'm very, very stoked. Okay. Well, I am not shopping for you, just because... so you know, because you you well you. <laughs> You told me not to because you spent all... I did. I bought so much cool stuff over this last year. I don't need anything else. Um, uh, I'd feel bad if you bought me anything. Um, So don't. But I'm really excited about what I got you. Pretty stoked. So I thought since we're edging up on Christmas and maybe, maybe we'll have one more podcast before Christmas. I hope so. That we could just talk about what we're reading and thinking about and liking this Christmas season. Christmassy. Christmassy. Oh, I'm not reading anything Christmassy this season. Well, then, what's your favorite Christmas carol? Okay. Do you like Jesus? (laughs) 
kidding. So I've been having fun with the kids. I've been working through this. I don't know how to pronounce this lady's last name. Barbara Rayoch. Rayoch. Roach. Okay. Sounds right. Barbara Roach. I don't know. This sounds familiar to me. Okay. So she she actually um I'll tag ran, on Instagram and she'll she created this. and ran children's programs for BSF for a number of years. And so this I think part of the reason this is the second time I've used one of her, she also has one called a Jesus Christmas. Um and it's very BSF y in its format, which I like. Um this one's called A Better Than Anything Christmas. And um, you read a couple verses, and then you answer two questions straight out of the verses. So it's just straight, what does the verse say, or how did the angel answer, um, that sort of thing. And then you get a paragraph of explanation, or a couple of paragraphs explaining what it means, and then you get the section that she calls engage. Um, So, for example, what makes God's gift of Jesus so amazing Sometimes we have a hard time asking Jesus for forgiveness. Why do you think this is true? Who did God send to forgive our sins? And um, it's funny. Our kids have already picked up on the Sunday school answers thing because I did that. And Titus and Lee were both like, Jesus. They exaggerated. In fact, I think they might have spelled it. J-E-S-U-S. But, um, I mean, not... It's funny, but it's not inherently a bad thing that it's been so drilled into them that they know those answers. But And then there's a little prayer, and then there's a picture drawing space, and the kids have to take turns drawing pictures. You know, I didn't grow up... <clears throat> I grew up, obviously, in a Christian home, so Christmas... I was always aware of the uh, reason for Christmas. However, I think just American culture... Over just overshadowed that, just our behaviors during that season just overshadowed them, uh, overshadowed the, the meaning. And I don't, I don't believe it was all intention at all intentional. And it certainly wasn't, you know, my parents. It was just culture in general. Christmas is such an overwhelming holiday in the U.S. from store sales to promotions to advertising to year end. I mean. And then you you throw Plus in all the food expectations. You throw in and the parties food, and... and you throw in parties, and you throw in events and pageants and programs and caroling, and then and then it's always the one time of year families always get together. So you throw families in there. So just all of that stuff combined, I think, as I reflect on it, uh, overshadowed the meaning overshadowed the meaning of, of Christmas for me. So it's not that I didn't know it or understand it or love it. It's just, it would just continually get overshadowed. And I've, I've, I've always kind of felt that Easter is a more important holiday in my own, my own personal world. Um, I always get really, really annoyed at Easter baskets. Always have gotten annoyed at Easter baskets. Cause I'm just like, this makes absolutely you no sense. You just get annoyed at him cause you didn't get him as a kid. <clears throat> no, we got him as a kid. Um, that's it. I've noticed, I mean, kind of the theme in the last six months or so for me has been um, how much more apparent, how much more necessary it is for me as a Christian to be far more, um, for lack of a better word, uh, dogmatic um, or even or even somewhat bullish in my faith in terms of 
really defining my doctrine and having my doctrine down and taking it very, very seriously. Like, I just feel like it's, that's the theme. Like, we need to raise our kids to take their faith seriously. We need to be part of a church that takes its faith seriously. We need to have, we need to take the faith seriously in our lives and all that that would entail from losing your home to your business, your livelihood, whatever those things are, you know, the sacrificial things that those are, your communities, um, whatever it is takes to start losing some of those things, you know, we've got to take our faith way more seriously now and really know what it is we believe. Um, I was just reading a whole string uh, on Instagram before we started the show, uh, diving into the fact that, you know, is that one person is saying Bethel and Hillsong and Jesus culture and some specifically Bethel in this case are teach heretical doctrine. So we shouldn't be singing their, their music in churches. And normally I'd be like, eh, well, you're just being super hardcore about it. But lately I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm swinging the other way or getting more orthodox, but I'm like, you know, might be onto something that I should at least pay attention to. You know, because it's kind of coming out of the whole CRT thing and seeing how if you don't pay attention pretty soon, you're like, oh, this is... It's the frog in the pot. It's just, yeah, exactly. So all the come, bringing that full circle around to Christmas, um, I've been trying to, at least in my own heart and mind, foster a uh, a better awareness of of Christmas and, um, and just, you know, I don't really have any sort of personal liturgy or anything that I'm, I I utilize for Christmas, but just trying to have that more aware and present and being like, that's, that's the reason, even though I got and buy presents every day, (laughs) um, you know, that's trying to foster that somehow in my own life. And so that's kind of where, I don't know. Um, just kind of where my head's been at in terms of holidays. Um, we Sunday night, I sort of shoehorned a bunch of people into one of my passions, and I think it caught on, which is I'd bought a ticket to stream Andrew Peterson's "Behold the Lamb of God" concert, and I was just going to rewatch it sometime and hope that other Amazing. people would watch it with me, and then. Yeah, so you and Ty and my parents ended up watching it with us, and the kids in and out, where they recognized... I cried a little bit at the end, and that's not normal for me. What what particularly about it was so amazing for you? Um, the attitude... The attitude and posture of the sacred, meaning the entire event... Um, specifically towards the end, because it starts out kind of fun. Here's a round table fun with some of our artists who do do some really cool stuff, and that's always a really enjoyable part. But actually, what his the the actual songs on his record, "Behold the Lamb of God," there's a posture towards the sacredness of Christmas that was just super profound or impactful, meaningful, um, and it's kind of that that tone, you know that I want to foster more of because I think we need to, to survive and thrive in coming in a post Christian slash anti-Christian January. When does, when does Biden take office and we lose the Senate in Georgia? You know, when it becomes uh, a very visible and very um, 
open, tangible, tangible anti-Christian culture. We need that kind of sacredness with our faith in order to, to thrive in that environment. Um, and I'm Lord willing that, I don't know, a part of me is like, well, Lord willing that doesn't happen. And we, you know, we can still maintain some, some Christian ethos, uh, in our, in our, uh, in our government. But <laughs> on the other hand, I'm kind of like, I kind of need this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So I don't know. I, I don't know where I stand on that. That goes back. So in, a, in, in addition to a better than anything Christmas, I bought this set of, um, uh, the ABCs of Christmas, Christmas, I think it's called from mm-hmm. a group called tidy theologians and H is for Herod. And the kids are, are starting to like to guess what the letters stand for. Um, and one of them actually guessed the H was for Herod. And he talks about how Herod didn't want any competition for being king. And there's always a, an explanation, which going back to your, like briefly, when you were talking about you prefer Easter over Christmas, I appreciated on this tiny theologians one, the C is for Christmas. And the point is we need Christmas because of our sin. Mm-hmm. And I, when I first read it, I was like, well, Oh, okay. But the more I think about it, the more I want that to be. Um, so Christmas and Easter are <coughs> in separate, obviously. Inseparably well, yeah, you can't linked. have one without the other. No, but um, Christmas think, would be worthless if it wasn't for Easter. Yes. And Easter wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Christmas. Right. Um, but I, also, I wonder if you're skewing into where you would appreciate the church count, like the historical traditional church calendar of course i would like i grew up (laughs) i've always appreciated like just even even the jewish faith and the seriousness they take the the jewish faith i'm I'm just i'm saying they take the catholic the sacredness with which they with which they yeah um but the technically the church has a calendar and you're always in a season you're always in so um and i'm it's been a long time since I've thought about these things, but um, anyway, I think that you would enjoy the always being in a season, and the scripture readings go along with that. Mm-hmm. And um, in the Lutheran church that I grew up in, the then the sermons go along with that as well, usually, theoretically. Um, but, so in this, I appreciate about the Behold the Lamb of God concert, the, it's, it's, somewhat a Christmas album, but it's more fully an Advent album. Yeah. Where there's this anticipation and this longing and this waiting and finally, of course... It's definitely a story. Yeah, it tells the story of Scripture. Intentional, I'm sure. Um, Yeah, oh, it's very much, it tells the story of Scripture. But, um, and also, I mean, it's it's holy, it treats the story as very holy and reverent, but then you get these twangy little pieces about like Matthew's begats and it's a little bluegrass jam and um, the kids love to sing along with that. So there's, um, but Scott Mulvihill changed out of his Fala Lama sweater into something more formal for the actual concert. But H is for Herod and the application at the end is, um, how do you respond to King Jesus? Is he king of your life or do you want to do things your own way? And that was actually pretty interesting because both of our older kids, at least, were like, oh, Jesus is king of my life. And I was like, but do you still want to do things your own way? And they were like, 
Is this a trick question? Because here it's an either or question, right? Yeah. Is he the king of your life or do you want to do things your own way? Right. Yes. And this is what I filled in with the kids. I was like, Jesus is definitely king of my life. And I still want to do things my own way. And I have to die to myself every day. And I have to say I'm sorry to Jesus and commit to deliberately choosing not to be king of my life, which in our life looks like laying my life down and not getting my way and not having an easy life. I was explaining. I was laying... I was laying on the floor. No, I was sitting on the floor, <laughs> the floor, tonight, next to a sniffling, um, sad, angry, defiant two-year-old. Because <laughs> she left. I was like, "No, you can't leave the table. I'm done." Well, I don't care if you're done. And you had said she had enough chips that she didn't need to eat, which She's she probably, did end up coming, coming right. back and eating the whole. But I said, I said, listen. You got to come. We're still eating as a family, so you got to come back and sit down until you've been dismissed. She says, "No, yes, no." So I brought her over, sat down. She started crying and throwing a fit, and kicking her feet, and kicking her feet. So that's when I took her to the bedroom, and then for the next hour and a half, it was a, "Are you going to say, may you I please say, be may excused? I be excu- please be excused?" No. All right, you're going to sit here. Do you want a cookie? Yeah. You're going to say, "May I please be excused?" No. Okay. And we went on this for like an hour. And I, at one point I sat down, I was like, um, do you know why you're saying this? And I started explaining like pride and wanting to be her own person, not loving Jesus. I was like, did you know when you obey mom and dad, you love Jesus when you do that? She's kind of looking at me and, you know, and it's just like, is she gathering any of this? And I, you know, I mean, she understands a lot. But it was just kind of funny because I was just talking to her about the exact same thing and wanting to be in her own world, thinking she knows what's best. You know, it's like yesterday when we went skiing with the kids. We took uh, Titus. They wanted to go skiing, so we we sloughed off the (coughs) schoolwork for the day and headed up to the ski hill after making We didn't slough off. We did extra on Monday. On Monday, yeah. And then I took them up again this afternoon, but they did schoolwork in the morning. Anyway, we, we went up yesterday... And I get a picture. I'm with Titus and Elizabeth and Elise and Molly. We'd, we just swapped off because I'd started out with Faith in the first part of the day. You were with Faith and you sent me a picture and with the quote, uh, I'm ready. I want to ski by self. I know how to ski. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... No. You've done two magic carpet runs ever. <laughs> ever. No, you don't know how to ski. <laughs> Yeah, that was so funny. She was so mad because she wanted to go on the chairlift, and I was like, "No, you're not ready." And then I we sweat we swap, and you're on the chairlift with her, and I was like, "Okay, ready or not, there she goes." You know, she did. Um, she did two runs down the bunny slope, leashed really well. She didn't fall over. Mm-hmm. She didn't. You know, she had pretty good balance. I had to move kind of slow because if I had did any extra jerks on those leashes she'd like fall over you know sit down you know and then i was like you know i think you're good for a longer a little bit longer run um but yeah being king of your own world is it is a never-ending struggle unfortunately for all of us it is currently why were we talking at some point today i was also talking with the kids 
about why I can picture we were sitting on the couch. Why were we sitting on the couch reading and not? Oh, we were talking about God and art. Um, one of our books, and it was specifically he was contrasting what the Egyptian pharaohs aspired to for the end of life, which was accumulate as much money and possession and power as you can. And all of this is dedicated to stockpiling what you'll need for your journey in the afterlife. And all of the mummification was also to preserve their bodies for the afterlife. And this book that we were looking at made the point some little boy was looking at a mummy, <clears throat> a famous mummy in like a British museum, and was like, he just looks like a dried up fish. <laughs> and it, it, so the point was, all this stuff that he invested his life in, at the end of the day, none of it mattered, and he just looked like a dried up fish. And mm -hmm. the contrast, he did, this book didn't necessarily go there, but... Um, I was telling the kids, you know, in, in the book of Acts, which they didn't remember or know, um, Jesus was literally standing there talking to his disciples and then went up into the clouds and they were like, what? And I was like, it's in, it's in the book of Acts. It happened. And the Bible promises that Jesus is going to come back in the same way, yeah. which is nuts. And I started thinking, like, how... How on earth is that going to work or look? Is there just a small localized group of people who's going to see that? Or is somehow God going to use his power so that we all see Jesus returning? Or anyway, just kind of in kinda my like, head was trying to wrap like, my head around. Uh, kind of like what, no matter where you are in the United States, it looks like the sun is setting just on the other side of your city. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know, he's going to manipulate. Are we, are, did God, get, did God allow mankind to develop Zoom simulcast sort of technology? So, so we could all zoom we in. We can and watch. all zoom, watch Jesus. Jesus, Jesus is now descending. Somebody's going to be doing, you know, do you remember the old videos where they'd put on like Instagram and stuff where they'd have the. Twitter was really popular for this, where you'd have the video like Stardust, Dust, uh, Star Destroyer spotted over San Francisco. There's a picture of the Death Star and a Star Destroyer hovering over Golden Gate Bridge and stormtroopers and the thing. Mm -hmm. you know, it's all, it was really it was really cool when they did it. I was just waiting for someone to see Jesus coming down. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Uh, anyway, um, but I just started, I was trying to explain to the kids. I'm not sure that we. I don't remember ever having this sort of conversation before with them about the new heavens and the new earth and mm -hmm. our recreated bodies, resurrected bodies, and um, and the resulting resurrected souls that are perfect. And we don't struggle with this wanting to be king of our own lives anymore, which will be... And Christmas is the glorious. ultimate reminder that we're not king because obviously Jesus had to come and fix all of our problems. The king had to come and save us, because we can't save ourselves. If we could save ourselves, we'd be king, right? right? Yeah. What else? Oh, where was it? We also had a super interesting, if Christ was not fully man, he could not save us. And if Christ was not fully God, he couldn't save us. We had a lot of really interesting theological discussions today. I can't remember why we had that discussion. It didn't have to do with Herod. 
what did we oh g is for a b c d f g h g is for god oh and there you go you know so it was the this right. card like it, you know i'm i'm not paid by tiny theologians i spend a lot of money on these cards to be honest but i've been super impressed because there's this little thing and and very easy to understand language for kids on the g is for god it was essentially i can remember carl truman i can hear him say this in his scottish accent from seminary where he was he was a church history professor and huge debates were you in one of his classes i took two carl truman classes oh jealous of you these two you can say molly you can be like I got my my master's of divinity from here, and I studied under Carl Truman. <laughs> right. Um, no, but Oxford. he he mm. said as, rugby. as an exchange student, <laughs> he um, he would say, you know, all as you know from studying your study of the creeds and stuff. Most, if not all, of the early debates in church history about who is God boiled down to if Christ was not fully God. He couldn't save us, and if Christ was not fully man, he couldn't save us. He had to be both so fully God and fully man. And here we are with our like alphabet card, having this discussion with the kids, which I think kind of went over their heads. But they, I don't think, had connected the fact that Jesus is part of the Trinity mm. because we talk about Jesus as God's Son at Christmas. True. But we don't talk, or the Son of God. Right. But we don't talk about Jesus as. And then we'll, we'll triply confuse him when we start calling him the Son of Man. I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. I'm so confused right now. Jesus <laughs> as God in the flesh was kind of one of the points that we made today. I've really been jamming on O Come, O Come, Emmanuel this Christmas. Um, I've always been, loved that one. Last Christmas, it was Come Thou Long Expected Jesus that I think I really loved, and Rain for Roots had a fantastic version. I think Sandra McCracken actually sings it, which also we... I, I have super been loving the fact that we have a handful of scripture Christmas albums, and so our kids have most of the famous Christmas passages memorized because they know them in song. And so, like for this better than anything book, we we start pull, we start reading Zachariah's song, and we've got rain for roots. Zachariah went into the temple, and an angel of the Lord was standing there. There's a song. There is a there is one that I'm always that I've always really liked, but I can't remember the name of it. It I don't think it's so. I mean, Okomo Kami Manual is one of my one of my favorites because it's darker. It's in the minor chords. But you want to? I'm just I'm chuckling to myself because the only thing I can remember about the song was that I it started in E minor. <laughs> oh come on, you can't do that to me. I'm like oh, total like musician brain fart. <laughs> You're like e, it was in E minor. That's what it was. Yeah, I can't help you with what that. Kind of freaking song was it? But remember. but we also haven't really started. We haven't really started singing any Christmas songs really at church either. Our church has a weird tradition of only singing like two Christmas songs every Sunday in Advent. And then we sing normal, regular, rest of the year songs. Um, I, as, as long as I've been at our church, I feel like we've done that. Um, huh. Yeah, that's why it doesn't feel like we've, we've, we sing. Well, and then we occasionally sing like Joy to the World in July, and that always feels a bit awkward. Well, you know, Joy to the World is the second coming song. It's not a Christmas song. I know. But I know. It's a Christmas song. 
Um, Culturally, it's like, huh? I've been on a hunt for my favorite Come No Long Expected Jesus, not Come No Long, O Come O Come Emmanuel version. Mm-hmm. And I've discovered a couple of new albums I like this year. Ooh. The Oh Hellos have a great Christmas album I like that, that I like. Dustin Kensrew, The Love Modern him. Post, he has some great Christmas songs. Um, um, oh, but I think my favorite... Oh, then there's a new group that I discovered called The Purple Holes. And they actually cover two Andrew Peterson songs from The Behold the Lamb of God. Really? And this Catholic gal that I work with who lives out on the East Coast, she posted a link there. Like, it's two female bluegrass gals. And then I came across their Christmas album, and I was totally loving it. And then I was like, wait a second. She's singing Matthew's Begats. Like, this is a very, very small niche of people who are going to know that They probably song. all hang out together anyway in Nashville. That's They're true. Probably, they they just, probably do. But anyway, so groups. the Purple Holes Christmas. Um, but my, I think my favorite Come the Lo- or O Come O Come Emmanuel this year is Suf John Stevens. He's got... Like, it's kind of this mild, very low-key, twangy version. Weirdly enough, he has come the fount of every blessing on his Christmas album, which is one of my favorite hymns of all time. And it's a, it's too it chill of a... Wedding. It was. It's too chill of a version of that for me, but I really like his O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Mm. We should share a new... We should update our, uh, our, our playlist on Spotify and people can... We could. I tried to make an iTunes playlist, and it only let me add three albums to it, and then it quit letting me add them. That's weird. It was, because I had a whole bunch I was adding, and I ended up with the Getty Kids Christmas album and one other album. I would <clears throat> I would love to send you what I like for the... I was listening to, to an, a playlist that somebody else had put together on Spotify, and it started out super cool, and I loved it. And then all of a sudden, what's that group that I sent you? That I was like, this is really stressful. It was like August Burns Red. Oh, August Burns Red. One of my favorite metal bands ever. Right. But it started out, it was... I this, saw them live. That's pretty Like, cool. you know, more typical Nashville mm-hmm. singer-songwriter. And all of a sudden, you know, and I, I get distracted and I'm not paying attention. All of a sudden, I'm really, I realize I'm super edgy. And I'm like, this... Is, <laughs> what like have you done to me? Thrash metal. <laughs> On, you know, and it was... it was a, They have a Christmas album. It was that, a Christmas that's album. Like, that's like listening to old school Pandora. But... Where you're like, what? what it, how does Van Morrison show up on every playlist? Every this was EDM. Playlist. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so I wouldn't, unfortunately, recommend that playlist because it was a little bit disappointing to be like, I think the Oh Hellos were on there or something, and then all of a sudden you're like, this is really stressful. I don't, I don't That's like, funny. I don't like take, that type of music. Yeah. It's very your electronic music kind of is also very stressful to me. What? Oh man, it's super relaxing. I love it. <laughs> We're wired differently. We are wired very differently. Very differently. Boys and girls are supposed to be different. Praise God for for differences. No, no. Unity. No, it's nothing. Diversity. No, all I see is a power play right now. Definition of marriage. It's all I see is power plays. I think it's a power grab. Power grab. Uh, Okay, cool. So. Sounds like we're about done. Are we? We're we're lame people, and we finally ordered our own people are weird and hard swag. Ooh! And it shipped. We got a shipment notification. I do, yeah. So I'm. Gonna I would be... like to thank the only people who've ever purchased anything. My family. Thank you guys. Makes me feel special. <laughs> 
it's good to know. You know, we <laughs> never intended. Here. We never intended to make any money off this whole thing. It was really just more of our own interesting thing. We should just be Speaking more clever about it. We should be more along the lines of our uh, irreverent side. Yeah. Speaking of, we should give a shout out. I'm wearing my new logo type hat that yep. we got today from the company that created our logo. And they're awesome, and they're super fun, and they gave us hats today with their logo. Logo and type promotions. And homemade cookies from the Dyke family recipe. Yeah, from his grandma's family I have, recipe. speaking of, of Dykes, I, there's a book either on my parents' shelf or my parents' or my shelf somewhere that is like the Dyke family history. Of like this family? I think so. Well, I, I, there's some overlap there. The last names, there's, there's, a, there's a Dyke with an E and a Dyke without. There's the Dyke without. But I think it comes from the same family line, like way back. Like we're so far not related anymore, but way back. Okay, that's weird. Yeah. There's all sorts of weird things in the world. Yeah, that's true. People are weird and hard. They, are they really? They are, aren't they? People are weird and hard. Shout yeah. it from the mountaintops, people. All Christmas. Jesus you know, I was had to listening, come. I was listening to... He came of, to save. He did. Speaking of people are weird and hard, I was listening to... Um, on my mom's recommendation, I was listening to Francis Schaeffer's The Mark of a Christian today on the way to the ski area because it's an hour there and an hour back. And his call on the whole thing is the mark of a Christian is love. That's that's what identifies you and marks you as a Christian in you know, in John thirteen and John seventeen. And then he he spends the rest primarily the 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 rest of the of the He's well. He was kind of looking at specifically those two passages. Mm-hmm. Kind of the rest of the of the of the hour long discussion was uh, building out. What does that love look like? What is the what is what is it not? What is it truly? What does it look like in context of disagreements with other believers? What does it look like in context of forgiveness? And it was just a good reminder that even though people are weird and hard, we still need to love them. Mm-hmm. And you know that love looks differently in different contexts, obviously. But um, you know, it's just you've you've got to <laughs> still have to love those hard and weird people. Because I mean, honestly, really, God loved us. We all are. We can Jesus juke ourselves, right? Well, Jesus we have loved to. us. We're super weird. We have weird. to Jesus juke ourselves on that one. Yeah. We always have to remember yeah. that if we Jesus are can die for you. The chief of you sure as heck can smile and wave and chit chat with that person at church. <laughs> And then, right. And on that incredibly sanctified note. I'm super convicted. No, good. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> Gotta love podcasts. We should do another one next week, though. Okay. I don't know what we'll talk about. Okay, but, but let's close this one. All right. Uh, so, yeah, if you do want to order your own People Are Weird and Hard shirt or mug, uh, go to our website www.toobusytoflush.com or tb2f.com all single digits um, and the Swag Shack we've got all that stuff in the Swag Shack there will be a link for it in the show notes um, I will ask Molly for links tomorrow to some of the artists and books and materials she mentioned tonight for the holidays and I'll link some of the stuff I've been I mentioned and you can get all that in the show notes Otherwise, you can follow us on Instagram. We don't post a whole ton. You can email us now at tb, the number 2f, tb2f, at pm.me. As in uh, Papa Mike, pm, 
pm.me tb2f at pm.me and email us you can send us a message on uh, facebook we don't really use as well uh and uh otherwise you know it's just normal life around here we're not trying to be superstars i am a superstar to my two-year-old oh yeah unless you're not you're making her say unless i'm making her say excuse then she runs straight to you yep mama's safe pants all right guys i'm jr i'm molly have a great week